2: Bit call! Hey, behave. Oh, I forgot the music.
1: Oh! I make up the music. This is my no no no.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. go Keep going with your na no, no, no. <laughs> That's like an intro for like Mattress Mac. Mattress Mac has seventy five million on the (laughs) line. Apparently, somehow,
1: you know what I was just thinking right before we hopped on. I was taking a taking a leak, and it hit me. You've, I'm sure, seen the uh, viral controversy of Mike Evans uh, getting the number for a potential uh, pro golf instructor. And Florio, who's just king, just the most angry rich guy you'll ever find on the inter- in internet history. Five car garage, I think. Uh, it's like Mike, you're just, you just you, you rich son of a bitch. Calm down, enjoy your life. He did bring up a good point. Like it does not look like he wrote down a number. It just looked like a one number, and it hit me. What if that guy, the referee, text two Texas A and M guys? Uh-huh. That Texas A and M referee, obviously older in like very close with the booster community, that booster goes when the game ends, you find Mike and see, see what he's in for on this $98 million buyout hmm. of old Jimbo Fisher. And Mike hmm. wrote, you know, three, right. Or whatever, you know, he just wrote a number. Why?
2: Okay. Now why wouldn't that booster just be able to get Mike's number? Cause it's just working back channels, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the way these deals, you don't want any, you know, Jimbo, you're
1: just trying to keep your program above water, but you're all, everyone's working the back channels Trying to just accumulate because usually it's like you just gotta write a seventeen million dollar check. When you get to ninety five, it's like, yeah, I'm good for like ten. You know, it's it's gonna. There ain't one guy cutting that check. And maybe Mike's diehard A and M guy made Johnny Manziel and uh, almost said Mike Tomlin, who who was Kevin Sumlin, uh, made Kevin Sumlin's career. What would if Mike, very passionate about Texas A and M, wrote down five? I'm in for five.
2: We got a long way to go if Mike's only in for five. Yeah, to me, he would be on the lower end of the boosters, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, could have been that. I haven't watched, like, the actual scribble. So you're saying it does not look like an autograph, but it also doesn't look like a phone number. Yeah, it looks quick, you know? Interesting. Interesting.
1: Florio's really, you got his panties in a bunch over that one.
2: Yeah. it is a, I mean, it is, as someone who I, one of my least favorite phrases is bad look. Like, it's a bad look. Yeah, but what is it actually? Let's just talk about what it actually is. If we're talking about what a bad look is or isn't, who gives a? Just tell me what it is, and then we'll decide what it is. But that's weird. Yeah, that's. Weird. I would agree because
1: Flora's whole thing is, and I don't think he's you know for a rich guy. I don't. I, he's not a gambler. And you know where I stand. I, I I'm a big believer in the integrity of the game. There has to be people held accountability when there is a lot of money in the line. Mm-hmm. And if you had just told me, uh, I would say completely agree, bad look. If Mike Evans had just got a controversial call and a crazy comeback on the road for Tom Brady. But, guy, they lost by three scores to a team coached by Steve Wilkes, who was fired after one season, one of the worst head coaches we've ever seen, and P.J. fucking Walker as their quarterback. They didn't just lose. The game wasn't close. It wasn't... Three scores. They I watched just a little bit of that game yesterday on the background on my iPad. Every time I looked up, the Bucks were getting their ass kicked. So to me, like I'm with you. Like you don't want your that's it is weird. Like in on the take, there is no like we watched the game. They that was I would guess that what was the line Bucks minus eight going into that game might have been ten. I mean, they don't
2: you don't they got blown out. I'm watching the video now before I address it. It does occur to me as you're talking that the Bucks kind of play like A&M right now. Just take opponents lightly. Panthers were like their South Carolina. You know, Shane Beamer, South Carolina. Uh, year two of his rebuild, beat a A&M. and and ms year five of Jimbo. Uh, kind of just playing down to their just lifeless. Like a this game's not big enough for us. The Bucs kind of P.J. Walker and the Panthers. They're just not worth our attention. Did you see the highlight of Mike Evans wide open,
1: dropping the wide open pass? Yeah. If you wanted to hit me with, well, John, it wasn't about like what if they were throwing the game? Mm. And they were all in on it together. Mm.
2: A group throw, and then it was all the, the money they raised. They gave Jimbo's buyout. Feels like there'd be a lot of cooks in the kitchen for that one. So I'm watching it. Does not look like a phone number. The part I have not seen addressed on this referee Mike Evans video either If it's a phone number or something other than an autograph, what's weird is the ref like turns like, no, no, a guy steps in, like flips it over, like no, write on this side of the card. Now what the card is, I don't know. But why would he want him to write in a specific place? I don't know if you noticed that, but a guy steps in and he flips it.
1: He just wants to golf lessons, bro.
2: Yeah. It's just, it's kind of. Mike stops. Somebody, we've got somebody shields the camera. Everyone, you notice everyone that walks by is kind of looking like, what is going on? we got a coach walk by. What is going on? Looks like the team that
1: Well, because the way it starts is with the AM referee going, Mike. And then Mike stops, right? Yeah. So he,
2: he runs up to they catch. They clearly him. agreed to something earlier. Yeah. Weird. Very bizarre. Very but bizarre. if it's over, just a golf lesson, I, I understand. Yeah, that'd be different than um, a personal relationship that now again, like guys like I mean, we see it in the NBA all the time, right? People just Mike Evans
1: just said, I've known him for a while. We're humans, we get to know these guys. Like we went to the same fucking college. It's not that weird at all. Like you you become close, and close is even the wrong way to put it. You become cordial with people you're around. I don't know if you're a human being. Yeah. Right? I mean
2: Yeah. Um, I remember the time I was at a Kings game. And I was driving to the Kings game and I was on the phone with our guy, Stephen Vogt. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to the Kings game. He goes, you know who my favorite referee is? And I said, no, I have no idea who's your favorite referee. And he told me the name of his favorite referee. So I go to the Kings game that night and his favorite referee is refing that game. So at halftime, I walk down to the referee's locker room and I hand that there's like a security guard outside the locker room. And I hand him a note. And I said, this is Steven Vote's phone number. Give it to referee number 37 or whatever the guy's number is. And um, after the game, I I came back down. I knock on the door. I'm like, hey, man, I just want to make sure they got the note. And they're like, oh, you got to come come in. Come in. Come in. And I go in. The three refs are in there. And they're like, man, we fucking love that. Steven Vote, the referee thing, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they became friends.
1: Matchmaker, bro.
2: So referees are heroes to some people. You know, <laughs> yeah. referees are some people's friends. And I have no issue with them unless they cost me money. I'm a game I'm gambling (laughs) John, we are sponsored by our friends at Tito's. Speaking of friends, Tito's. If I ran into Tito in a professional setting, I mean, you'd have to get a photo and an autograph, I think. Tito's Handmade Vodka. It is numero uno. It's the official uh, vodka and uh, spirit and uh, just about any category you can think of of this show. And uh, we appreciate you supporting by uh, supporting Tito's.
1: Yeah, and I think... uh, Belichick and and Kyle and the the rest of the three and four coaches are going to need some Tito's this week to get them through. So they hopefully get to 500 when this week ends. Tito's, our go-to drink, should be your go-to drink. Everyone drinking it, make sure you tag us in all your social media posts, mainly just two because we only use uh, Twitter and Instagram. But if you're on TikTok, I guess you can tag us too. Uh, I don't really know how to use it, but love our friends at Tito's. Love myself a good Tito's and soda. If I need a little pick me up, there is nothing better than a martini than a
2: espresso martini with Tito's. Yeah, uh, Tito's handmade vodka. Tito Beverage himself—that's the man name. Tito Beverage, first name Tito, last name Beverage. Uh, Twenty-five years—he's been going strong with uh, your your classic classics, right? Like John said, Tito and soda, Tito and ginger beer. But there's so many great uh, Halloween inspired and fall inspired drinks you can ju- go check out at the Tito's Vodka uh, website, titosvodka.com, like the pumpkin pie martini. Uh, This is the unanimous judge's choice double gold medal at the World Spirits Competition, the chairman's trophy for the world's best vodka tonic, simple, smooth, every sip as good as the last. And you're not paying for the label. You're not paying for the marketing. You're not paying for the BS. You're paying for the quality. That is everything it ever was when Tito invented it. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely, eighty proof crafted to be savored responsibly. Bam. Bam. We love to Thank you. Uh, we're also sponsored by ButcherBox.com slash ham. Right now, ButcherBox.com slash ham. When you go to ButcherBox.com slash ham and you use the code ham, John, you get a free turkey. <laughs> what? Not some free turkey. You get a free turkey. ButcherBox.com slash ham is taking care of your Thanksgiving turkey. When you go to ButcherBox.com slash ham, use the code ham and you get a 10 to 14 pound turkey in your first box for free. Absolutely. Incredible.
1: You just go to ButcherBox.com slash ham. You go put together your box, right? You get it. You get some steaks, you get some ribeyes, you get a little, uh, you get some burger meat, you get some ground beef. You, you, if you want to get a little ambitious, you get some free range chicken as well as some ribs. You want to get a little cookout going. And when you do that, they throw a free Turkey in. Cause I don't know if you realize guy, we are less than a month away from this little meal that we call Thanksgiving. And, uh, pretty much you got to eat some Turkey. And that's where our friends at butcher box, you come, they're like, where'd you get this Turkey? <laughs>
2: got it for free. Hey, we middle cup No big deal. That's right. Spread the word of ham with Turkey. Um, you get all kinds of great value, incredible value. In fact, ultimate convenience, peace of mind. They take the guesswork out of finding high quality meat and seafood that you can trust when you go to ButcherBox.com slash ham, they've got uh, boxes already curated, or you can pick exactly what you want, plus free shipping in the continental U.S. and no surprise fees, all right to your door. The main course to Thanksgiving dinner is no stress this year. ButcherBox is hooking you up. Our listeners get a free turkey in their first order. ButcherBox.com slash ham. Sign up today. Use code ham to get one 10 to 14 pound turkey for free in your first box. ButcherBox.com slash ham and use code ham to claim this deal. There you go. Do Thanks, it, everybody. Go support. Uh, you can send us pictures of that as well.
1: Do it while you're uh, watching the World Series, not for another
2: four days, because the World Series is not a night. Yeah, no, Friday seems like a good good time to debut that. Yeah. <laughs> when the World Series starts. <laughs> good call there, Robert. <laughs> Just, <laughs> It's not like you got to open real estate these next couple nights. By the way, you know one thing It hit me this morning, I was like, God, I am so i would love to see philadelphia win um they just got a vibe to them that is fucking awesome like they kind of got a padres vibe to them you know i yeah. feel like two teams you know that spider-man meme if that's what that series felt like dude. yeah and uh the bryce harper home run was just i gotta tell you i mean we, joe davis's call was fucking phenomenal and the place was going ape shit you know you know what i'm talking about right uh, the Apo Taco. The Apo Taco. And Joe Davis called it his call as the swing of his life. I was like, that's, I mean, it's one thing for the swing of his life to be some, you know, your eighth place hitter. But for the guy who basically left high he, school he, early. Yeah, he left. Yeah. I was
1: going to say he didn't even he win, win a World Mother Series, Nevada, but he I mean. left to the Phillies and then they won. Yeah, the yeah World he series, left.
2: Though. But I just mean, like, it's one thing for the shot of your life to be Robert, you know, uh, um, a Kyle Lowry, the shot of his life. But when it's LeBron's shot of his life of all the big moments, like when it's Bryce Harper's swing of his life, that's pretty awesome. And that was the swing of his life. And, um, you know, what I was thinking about this morning, it hit me. Joe Girardi was managing this team and got fired this year from this team. Like, that's pretty crazy. Well, what is that? You know, Buck Martinez, like every team he manages, he leaves and they go to the, they fucking win. Um, that's what happened with the Yankees. Remember, they ran buck off, and then the Yankees won a historic run. Became a dynasty when Joe Torre took over. I I don't know if I'd be able to handle this right now if I was Joe Girardi. I
1: saw a Twitter headline after the Phillies won, like, uh, MLB Network, and they showed the visual. It was, let's go live to Joe Girardi from oh. the studio who got fired. I, I went to MLB Network probably in the middle of this series, and they were talking about the – I guess I don't even know if he's technically the interim manager anymore. It's like his friend. This guy had already come. Basically, whoever was talking, I think it was like Steve Phillips, was like, you know, word on the street was he had basically become resigned to he was never going to be a manager. He was older. He was riding with Joe Girardi, big-time market, like having a good time, being the number two, and was cool with it. you know. Then all of a sudden, Girardi gets canned. He takes over. And every single time they win a series, he like that. Did you watch their spray bottles, how they do it? He talks in the middle. Everyone's getting ready, and he ends it by going, JT, how many more? And he looks at Real Muto. He did it two series ago, and it was eight. Then he did it after they beat the Padres, and he goes four. And right when he says four, everyone just dumps alcohol all over him. It's fucking awesome.
2: Oh, man. Uh, cool I said team. Buck Martinez. Buck Showalter. Thank you. Buck Showalter. You think Bryce Harper? Buck Martinez is the Blue Jays. Right? He's already obviously won an MVP for the Phillies.
1: He's the NLCS MVP. Like, Is it already worth it, or like... He wins. They win. He's the World Series MVP. They win this World Series. Nothing can happen the
2: rest of his career. This contract at $300 million, no brainer. Win a championship, no brainer. And honestly, he's been really good for them. And like, it's already to me, you got this guy. Their team is pretty stacked. That's the thing about them, right? Like, they've got some really good players Reese Hoskins yeah. and, and JT Real Muto. Sh- uh, Schwarber. Schwarber. <laughs> Sure, uh Monday Night Football John. Bum, bum 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 bum. It was uh Mac Jones versus uh well and Bailey Zappy versus Trey Lance. I mean Justin Fields. It was two quarterbacks who the Niners drafted Trey Lance ahead of, playing one another. And um I wouldn't say it was pretty, but it did feel like a turning point for Justin Fields on Monday night. I I gave you my theory on Mac Jones was maybe Belichick was trying to embarrass him a little bit after the week of reports that mac was unhappy with the patriots but it wasn't pretty for him feels like we've crossed him off the list but fields turn a little corner on monday night yeah i mean i i think what we're all seeing is
1: when the draft trade happened i was pounding the table partly because people that i know and trust in the nfl were very bullish on fields and from a scouting perspective this guy's a blue chip guy. I mean, I think legitimately when he went to Georgia, he was the number one player in the country, or he might've been number two, right behind Trevor Lawrence. Like him and Trevor were the same year, one and two. And then we saw him go to Ohio state. We saw the way he played in that playoff game, which at the time was a pretty big upset. Remember when they beat Clemson and he threw, I think six touchdowns, his arm strength is awesome. And then his natural running ability is just pretty elite. I mean, he's, he's one of the fastest quarterbacks. Now, ironically, he plays in a league where, probably two of the fastest quarterbacks in the history of the league currently play and Kyler and Lamar. And I don't know if he's quite that like high end fast. Definitely. Kyler's probably the fastest Lamar's damn fast. I, he's right behind him and his natural running ability. And he's big, thick. So like my, my thing always guy is from at least where I'm sitting way. I've learned about football. The way I think about it now is this is why I pay my coach 12 to $15 million. You know, and I was thinking about today, knowing that we were going to talk about this. And I, I I haven't asked him, but I bet and he might even say, like, yeah, we weren't. I didn't waste any time because I remember talking to him about it years ago. You know, Veach just gives Andy guys to watch now during the draft. Like he doesn't watch every player in the draft like he wants to with the Eagles. He doesn't waste his time that way. I would imagine on that given draft, like he wasn't. Now, he might have for fun because he's a football, you know, nut just likes watching football players but like did he break down and rank the four quarterbacks right or even like Kyle's group the 3 like mm-hmm. but it's pretty clear right of let's just use Kyle's group of the 3 Mac Jones Justin Fields Trey Lance the number one guy you know he would not take of that crew right would be his third would be Mac Jones and then to me it would be a discussion between the two and and I think that he would end up going with Justin Fields because when he factored in the blue chip nature he once did with McNabb, and I just go, Kyle didn't like this guy because it's it's not even debatable. We know that he's even admitted it multiple times. I mean, mo- as I'm recently told Brandon Marshall when they were all in his his office the day we were at practice and I Am an Athlete was here, that like it was between two guys. So you were basically evaluating this huge unknown talent, which I understand being bullish on Trey Lance, and a guy who listen, I'm not alone on this. I, and not even just fans were alone on this. A lot of people in the NFL thought this, like, this guy's a fringe backup skill-wise, and that's who Kyle loved. And ultimately, I think it's fair to say that's really who he okayed the trade to go up, and he was open to be other guys, and he obviously pivoted. or But, like, Mac Jones was the reason. Like, I I feel pretty good about that when they pulled the trigger. Like, that's where Kyle was leaning at the time. And then I think, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, influence or how, however he came to the conclusion uh athletic ability was more at a premium but i mean that's pretty embarrassing and i even think remember i said that it would have been the most arrogant pick in the league history i thought it was pretty crazy at pick 15 now i think coaches always view if you believe the guy's a starter like pick 15 is definitely not near as crazy as three But, like, I think Kenny Pickett at 20. Like, the difference, you just watched the game last night. From a physical skill standpoint, what the fuck is the difference between Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones? Well, I'll tell you, there isn't any. And one guy went in the fourth round. Like, Cousins and Jimmy and these guys, like, none of these guys are top 20 picks. That's always my, like, why are you overpaying for this? Now, you could argue because it was one of those, you know, markets and recently it's become that where you got to really overpay for the quarterback, but Holy shit. I mean, I just, I, I, I think it's insane. I I will always take the swing and was, and that was why I was cool with Trey Lance, but Justin Fields is, you're not drafting a guy to run around, but he is as natural of a runner as you're going to find with a, like it's, that's an elite skill he possesses, right? When you just talk about his speed and then just how comfortable
2: he is in space, right? That's comes very, very natural to the guy. Yeah, I think there there are complicating factors with Mac and Fields that we thought Trey Lance would not have, which is the quality of player around him, right? Trey Lance's um surrounding talent is much better than the Patriots or the Bears. The thing with Mac that I will say because I I don't think and we talked about him a lot last year too and it was clear immediately that that's not a guy you trade up for. Um in the you know with the third overall pick or whatever the case is but he does have like one thing that albert breer reported last week and is not wrong about is mac situations pretty fucking weird right to go from josh mcdaniels to a defensive coach and a special teams coach as your oc and qb coach um so I, I do think that is a reality of that situation. Patricia like,
1: played small school line and judge oh, as a SEC quarterback. Okay.
2: <laughs> you know, I, that that is a reality of that situation, right? Like there's two different things happening when we talk about Mac. One is just, is this the skill set of a first rounder? And the answer is unequivocally. No, it is not, not even debatable. Right. And then there is also, is he this bad or should he be a little better than this? And I do think he should be a little better than this, but I don't think he is a, I mean, if he's a starting NFL quarterback for his career, it will be a bottom 10 starting NFL quarterback.
1: 100%. I mean, I, I personally, and obviously when guys get injured, and there's, like, to me, he's not a he's not a top 32 player. And when I say that, I view him as a backup. Now, obviously, he's going to start for a while. But one difference, like, uh, for example, Kirk Cousins, and I think Matt Ryan was the best version of this, is, like, they, they never even attempt, and Cousins doesn't attempt, He can't move around. So he never tries to keep a play alive, like even outside the tackle, really. Like the play's got to happen. He has to just be able to think, fire through his reads, get rid of the ball. And then there's kind of like the Jimmy crew where Jimmy actually is athletic enough. Like Carr is a much better version of Jimmy because he, like Jimmy, he can move around even though he doesn't do it probably enough. But like when he does, he has the physical attributes to make the throws. Jimmy kind of does. It never works out. Mac Jones is kind of like of that ilk, but even worse, actually the same. But he was viewed as like, I'm going to be much more buttoned down than a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I'll never throw picks. I'll just manage, manage, manage. And I think the big reason like Belichick fucking went to the pen last night, and you could even argue like, well, actually, that's their starter. He just gave Mac another chance. However you want to describe it, is Mac, we drafted you to just steer the ship. Well, You are not Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes and all these reports about the why, and he views himself as a pro bowler, he's starting to kind of get that Baker Mayfield thing that yeah, derailed I, his career. Like, what are you, Mac, what, who do you, who is telling you you should play like this? Like, the thing I will give Cousins a lot of credit, now, this is also his undoing, he's incapable of doing it, he never takes on that persona. Like, hey guys, I'm going to bail us out of this one, right? He'll just throw it away. Or get he also has a better arm, so he does make more big plays. But he never, but even just over his career, like it's just yeah. between the tackles, that's where I'm going to live. And Mac, that is where you're going to live, bro. And But he, like Kyle to me would be out on him if that was the shit he was doing in college, but he was just managing. Now you could argue, well, fuck, they had seven first rounders on the team. Everyone wide ass open. And that's the scary part of a guy like that whose physical skills are bottom five in the league, like you said. And to me, he's taking on a persona like, Justin Fields can make these plays and actually make them miraculous. And the difference is, like I hear you, like the the his coaching situation, I would say field situation. Last night, he hit multiple plays to fucking Pettis and Nikhil Harry. Like that is that is who he's Mooney, throwing the no, pill to. And they're Mooney's not even bad. Removing him. Mooney's yeah, solid. I'm just, but he is throwing. He th- When I watch the Bears, Pettis is involved,
2: guy. I know. Pettis Nicky doesn't look terrible. No, he doesn't. I thought the um and and I I was watching a lot of the Manning cast on Monday night this week, but I thought there was the um like he got a heavy blitz and he kind of checked it down. I don't know, checked it down, hit a swing pass to his running back McCorkle Fields. or Fields. Fields. And what happened was he goes to throw it, and there's an end right there. So he has to drop down and like throw this knuckler kind of sidearm as he's getting crushed because there's this all out blitz coming. Did he hit him? He hit him. Hit the running back. Yeah. Yeah. Hit him. That was sweet. Like he is, to me, the thing that's very clear with him, and it makes sense when you think about where he played, how much he played. His feel is clearly an elite skill, right? Now, his accuracy, his, he has a lot of career still to play out before he's a franchise quarterback. But I think what you see with him really clearly, and I think when a guy is mobile, you can get a good sense for it very quickly, is feel. And Justin Fields has great feel. He understands how fast he is. He understands how fast the defense is. He understands angles. He understands how far he's got to go. And he understands how to get there. And obviously, that's not a part of Mac's game, although I think sometimes this was the Baker problem, right? It was the Johnny Manziel problem. When they came into the league, they thought they could make plays behind the line of scrimmage that they made in college. They can't make it in the NFL. And clearly, Mac, thats it's different. Mac's trying to make plays with his arm, and he doesn't have the arm. It's not so much a mobility thing. Sometimes Garoppolo does the same thing, where he tries to make plays with an arm that he does not possess. And I think that's the thing if we're talking about the draft itself, whereas Trey Lance, like one of the unfortunate parts of Trey Lance is not just that we don't get to see him and evaluate him, but clearly, and this is, I've been talking about this since last year, just in the run game, his field was not great. And part of it is he's taken a big jump in talent in, in his opposition and speed. And, you know, there's a lot of bullets flying and there's a lot going on and Kyle's got a lot in his head and all this stuff that he just really need needs time to kind of work it out for himself, right? Just the physical part of the sport, before we get to the accuracy, the reading, the defenses, the physical, t- uh, the physical part of how much time do I have before I have to either vacate the pocket or throw the football, you know? And that's something that I think Trey needs experience with, and that is one part of Fields' game is clear. I think he's pretty comfortable with. He is the longest time to throw in the NFL. No, no guy takes longer to get the ball out of their hands. Just part of it is he's athletic enough to hold the ball, you know, fields. Well, I would say probably
1: too. He doesn't have the, you know, if we did some breakdown part, because part of that is like, or is receivers open?
2: (laughs) Are his receivers open? Is he, is he reading the defense? You know, this is a question. Well, that, that, that is a knock on him. And this is.
1: Forever it was, you couldn't improve accuracy, and now that has been thrown in the garbage. Like, that can definitely improve. And And we can improve it for you with the plays we call. 100%. I I still think it's impossible to quantify and know and understand how truly coachable the the field vision is. Like, that's something, the instincts of the position, right? Like, there is no there's no right or wrong answer. Some guys clearly improve and some guys that kind of derails their career too much going on and they never see it. If you believed and I know clearly there are coaches to believe Kyle would fall under this. And I think the jets fell under this too. Cause like Zach Wilson sees things, his decision-making is horrendous. Like the knock on Zach Wilson is not that like he can't rattle off shit and tell the playbook. Like he's smart. You know, it's just like, Zach, why did you throw to that guy when this guy's wide open and you were looking at him? He's like, well, you know, he, he's just kind of all got over the coach. map. <laughs> so I, I think the way I look at it, I like balls of clay when they're all unknowns. Because to me, the only quote-unquote known in that group was Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields was the best ball of clay when you factor in the known. The, BYU played nobody that sweet year. Trey Lance is coming from a tiny school that he only played the one season as a starter. And Mac Jones doesn't have the physical skill. So you factor in the one guy who was the elite guy out of high school who went to Georgia, they made the wrong decision, went to Ohio State, and then led them to a playoff victory. So and has all the physical attributes. Now, if you want to go, well, he'll never see it. And that might end up being true. But what if he does? That's one of those where it's like, Watch the fuck out, because then his ceiling, if he can just get half of what coaches are hoping for, is so much higher than everyone else because his physical attributes are so elite, right? And that's, like, for example, do you know what's weird about Kyler Murray? Like, no one knocks like, you know, he's just not accurate, doesn't have a good arm, can't find the open guy. Like, he has it all, right? You watch him play. When he's in a rhythm, it's like, yeah, this looks pretty good. It's just like, you know, just no one really likes
2: him. <laughs> you know, doesn't really care. And, and on the field, injury, injuries gets hurt. Yeah, and
1: he's small, right? If and that,
2: that part of that is like some
1: people just have natural instincts over playing whatever their sport is, right? Yeah, it just comes very natural to them. Like Jason right. Kidd took him five times to get the bare minimum to get in the Cal, act. He's like one of the smartest yeah. basketball players ever. You know, Magic Johnson, I, I don't know, you know, if he's fucking some 4.0 student, but like Brett Favre, you know, some of the Dan Marino was, you know, Joe Montana, I don't think he's the smartest intellectual guy. It's irrelevant when it comes to your sport. But I think the knock on fields was like his intellectual part of his game. And it's like, there were a couple plays last night. I was with you. I was watching uh, Buck and Ake, or I mean, I was watching the Mannings. But then the game was kind of flipping. I'm like, God, the Bears are really going to win. I went to Buck and Aikman, and there were a couple plays that Fields like clearly went from one wide receiver to the next, and Aikman was like, that's some progress right there. Like That's pretty impressive. On the road in a misty-ass game? That's the other thing, guy. This is why I got fired in the NFL when I said, under no circumstances, ironically, he's been the backup quarterback for the Bills for like five straight years. But I was like, Matt Barkley, his arm strength in inclement weather is not going to work. It is not even November 1st. And you flip on that Monday night game, you're like, God, this is Northeast weather. It just felt, yep. and it might not have been that cold, but it just felt dreary, wet, dark. It's like, this is not LA Rams 49ers this Sunday afternoon, right? In 80 degrees with a fucking a stadium that's closed, but it's really open like that. That was ugly and feels whoo, 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 whoo. And a couple times Aikman was like, you got to put a little more air under that. He's throwing a Brett Favre liner. His ball, completely unfazed like if i was a bears fan if he can figure that out windy city like let's roll right like he's gonna that shit's gonna translate where mac jones it just ain't
2: no well every part of what fields is as an athlete is superior right the way he throws the way he runs um i'm not a a, uh you know uh, a physical therapist. I, it looks to me when he runs, it's like I think all his bones are like exactly where they need to be. You know, it's so smooth. When he throws, it's so smooth. The spiral is so smooth. He could play
1: um, another position in the NFL, right? He could be a hybrid well, just, offensive player. Yeah, it turns
2: out if you run him, then the floor is high, right? Now, the question is, is it can you get to the next level with him? We'll see. But it's looking more promising after the decision they made on Monday night. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean,
1: I, here's the thing. I just think the, there's there's he just has an immense amount of talent that I, I just do not understand. And this is what frustrates non coaches. It's like you make 14 million dollars. Like I I just don't give a shit how much football you know in your dark office. Like you gotta coach these guys up. I mean, this is that's your job to coach.
2: And, and I know like, if coaches say to teach. If I could just counter that for one point, I would say if I were a coach and you're making that point to me, I'd say, okay, I don't think this guy sees it. And there's a long list of guys who were athletic enough, but do not see it and don't have it. And I think this is one of those guys, right? Which is basically what the 49ers are saying. If what Kyle Shanahan is saying, if he's saying, I didn't even, it wasn't between him and the other guy. Like to me, I, I still, we'll see how this thing plays out. I don't have a problem taking the shot on Lance over fields. That's not what I'm saying. Point. No, no, yeah. no. It's not the point you're making. Um, but if fields turns out to be the best guy, and if Fields is just way better than Mac and the same as Trey, we'll see. If Trey's good, then then this thing just moves on for Kyle. But we do have a history of Shanahan not evaluating quarterbacks who turn well, out to be
1: really good quarterbacks. Well, let's dive into that because one thing Fields that's that's not debatable, just let's just compare him to because now let's just throw Mac in the trash. Let's just go. They chose Trey Lance, like over the athletic guy they leaned toward was Trey Lance more than Justin Fields. Justin Fields has a much more natural arm throwing motion, right? It just looks like a natural quarterback when the ball comes out of his hand. And from an athletic standpoint, it's not even close. Like the guy's play speed is just immensely faster. Like it's just on a completely, it's on a different gear. And the other thing that goes back, one thing that people struggle with, and rightfully so in the draft, is you can just go off your information, right? Like Bryce Young... The knock is strictly going to be, can this guy hold up in the NFL? But he's going to have two years of data at the best against the best defensive players in the country. So like you have your data. It's just, are you willing to risk the size? But like you've seen him get hit over and over and over by NFL players and hop back up. Like you've you've seen it. If Bryce was doing the same at Cincinnati and his only game was like, oh, that one game against Alabama. But other than that, he was kicking SMU and all these guys' ass. I completely understand being leery. But like the tangible data for players at the highest level is so much more concrete. Now, that doesn't guarantee you that you're going to be a good player. And the knock is like, what about the Solomon Thomas's and Cleveland Farrells? Well, most people would say their physical attributes. One guy was small. The other guy was stiff. I'm talking about the best of the best. And Fields was playing at the highest level. And in a weird way, it does feel and Kyle wasn't alone. I know, I think the coaching community was iffy on it. I think the scouting community was much higher on it. And that's where they don't always align. And it's why there's a natural headbutting, right, you would say in the three major sports between coaches and the front office. And they've all, over our lifetime, have changed for varying degrees, whether it be power, whether it be analytics, whether it be specific things in a draft. But it's a natural, and I would say healthy, conversation to have because as jim washburn once told me it's so easy for you guys to say hey listen this guy's a shithead but holy moly can he turn the edge because the moment the draft night happens and we all hug and then we go drink beers and eat some sushi that's laid out there i then deal with them and you just stand there on the side of some practices and then for the most part are in your office you never have to talk to him it's true right like ultimately once i draft the guy like it's on me then to spend all the time with the kid, So I, I I get it. It's a little different. I guess the GM might spend a little more time than just the quote unquote scouting group. But if he becomes, I, I would just say like a top 15 quarterback, which is it fair to say that it like, if you were a betting man, it's
2: not, that's not inconceivable by any means. Right. For a guy that's 23 years it's old, not inconceivable. No, I mean it feels like you know the f- 11 through 16 is just some kind, sometimes a fluid list. It's Would open. It be, In other words, like the top top eight guys usually are, but yeah, it's open let's, to let's be just a top. Go, man, let's just go man, has like man. a
1: really really good NFL career. Yeah, it's it'd be a pretty big all time overthink cuz all the information was there. It wasn't like, well, we got this Victor Ybamas teammate from France. I'm telling you, he's also a top 10 pick, but he hasn't quite played in all the big leagues. It's like he's got a little film, but he's playing these dudes in Croatia. It's like, no, this fucking guy played at Ohio State who averages like 9 million people watching him, including literally every GM and every scout and every coach.
2: Right? Yeah, I, but but I think right now there's the same question about him that we had about Trey Lance before Trey got hurt, which is can you can you take the next step with the type of football that you got to play as a quarterback? The
1: difference, though, is, though, part of the question with Trey is, like, he's playing with a loaded gun, and you've mentioned this earlier. Like, he is throwing to Dante Bettison to kill Harry, a guy that was cut and a guy
2: that was traded because he was a bust. No question. But I do think, like, if we look back at Monday night here, look at this. He was 13 to 21. I mean, I saw the, the numbers. The, no, no, no. This is a different number. The The, the Bears, Luke Getzey, the Bears' offensive coordinator, it took him what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, six and a half weeks to reach the same conclusion that Kyle Shanahan reached immediately, right? Which is the way to play with my quarterback this year when we're talking about Trey versus Fields is to run him. We talked a lot about Trey. How much is Trey running? Is Trey running too much? Kyle had made the decision. That was clear, right? That this year, the way this offense has to move, Trey Lance has to be able to run the football. I'm not going to have. And and in his first start last year, remember against the Cardinals, they ran it nonstop, ran the shit out of the ball, right? So what 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 we have on the screen, the left column SYDS is scramble yards. The right, this is from PFF. The right column is designed running yards. This is for Justin Fields. So the top of the list is Week One. The bottom of the list is Monday Night Football. So Week One, 28 scramble yards, no designed run yards. Week Two, 11 and nine. Week three, 42 scramble yards, four design run yards. Week four, 52 scramble yards, no design run yards. Week five, 45 scramble yards, two design run yards. So they are not designing runs. Week six, 86 scramble yards, two design run yards. So these guys look at this guy going, well, man, incredible athlete. (laughs) Do we run them? Nah, fuck it. Finally, Monday night. Yeah,
1: Fields, hey, if it ain't there, bro, just take off, man. You look
2: fast. Yeah, Fields is like, well, you want to, I don't know, put it in the game plan? Like, no, 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 you got this. Monday night, the first time he had more design run yards than scramble yards. 27 scramble yards, 55 design run yards. So Could the you Bears, say that's criminal, the
1: right column there for a long period of time? Uh,
2: yes, although they maybe they would argue like, hey, man, we don't want to get him hurt. We want to develop him as a passer. We're not going to be good this year. Then you kind of look around. You're like, shit, guys, we're a 500 team. Maybe we should just do whatever it takes to win, right? I guess they're not 500. And in fairness
1: to like, I would imagine for Luke Getzey would be a good example, their offensive coordinator. Even though I, I, this is hard to like give him an excuse on this one. Did he do much extensive work on this guy coming out of college? You know, when he's coaching Aaron Rodgers and Jordan loves on the team, probably not. So like, is he super inundated with the guy of years of data and been thinking about him or does he just get the job? And then he tries to factor it in, but he's also... I bet there's a mandate, like we want to make him a more, you yeah. know, long term player. Let's
2: I, I develop him and you know, and then you're like, well, our O line's not good and God shit, guys. I don't know. I mean, he's really good at this other thing. Let's just let's just do it and see what happens. So they did. But again, this is the same, this is what the I mean, they
1: they might have I mean, could they have been four and three if they would have tried that and maybe the Giants game that was close? I think they yeah. lost the
2: Giants game like twenty to twelve. What if they just fucking ran the guy around? Could be. I mean, I sure Daniel Jones was doing design runs to that game, wasn't he? He's kind of a weapon, you know, right? Don't you think Daniel Jones was doing all this shit in that game? Well, I bet he was. What, what did Lamar do the first couple of years? Hell, he's still doing it. He's kind of struggling actually these last four weeks. Yeah. Again, his team as uh, the Ravens are the new Philip Rivers chargers. They play this every Sunday. I turn on the TV. Or it's already on. They cut to the Ravens game. Red zone. Harbaugh's losing his shit. It's raining. It's foggy. Somebody's lining up for a 60-yard field goal. There's a whole game. (laughs) It's the same game every time, and I love it. It's great. It's fantastic.
1: And, And then they throw up on the screen, the Ravens players on IR, and there's two other guys who just got hurt. You're like, guys are dropping like flies. Yes, They're very similar teams, just a more accomplished franchise.
2: So, you know, I mean, this is what we know after his experience with RG3. Kyle wanted to avoid. And I think Kyle, in part, if we think back, right? Remember that. Remember there was the story. Clat said something and then took it back, and then, it, but maybe it was actually true about Jimmy won't text you habits, back, but about practice habits for, for fields. Jimmy won't text back. Remember there was that. Like clearly, the Niners were v- very comfortable with Trey, the guy. Trey, the worker. Trey had run some of their offense. You're saying Clatt went to bat for the Ohio State guy saying that was bullshit. No, no, no. Remember, I think I thought Clatt had said something like, Yeah, there's some question. Clatt I remember on our show was very pro-Fields, but didn't maybe it wasn't Clatt. I somebody promised yeah, sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Fields was not like a good practice guy. And then had to maybe it was Herbie. I don't remember. Ebon Feathers. Ebon Feathers. That is a deep bulldog cut right there. <laughs> Bad practice wow. player. Wow. Uh so you know, I, I think the unfortunate part with Trey is like Kyle had decided this is what we're going to do. This is not what I want it to be in the end, but this is what we're going to do right now. And we're not getting to see that develop. And, you know, I don't know, maybe Jalen Hurts is a little bit of example. Daniel Jones is definitely an example, right? Daniel Jones is is not the level of player that Jalen Hurts is. But they're just kind of surviving by making it happen. Jalen Hurts, is, it feels like, has progressively gotten like, hey, this is how we're going to get him on the field. We're going to adjust our offense for him. And as he plays, he's going to get better at the other stuff. And, and that's what Justin Fields has a chance to do. I mean, yeah, Justin I, Fields has a chance I, to do I,
1: I do think if Jalen had had Trey Lance or Fields' arm power, like just the ability to like arm power, just throw 98-mile-an-hour yeah. fastballs, even with his flaws you know, throughout his college career, no way he gets last pass to pick 32. Like part of the knock was like, He's not the most accurate guy, really good athlete, obviously a blue chip talent, you know, at the in college, but kind of a weaker arm, you know, on, on the arm scale. And I think it's, he's improved at that probably a little bit, but he's just, he's a good example. And I think anyone in sports, like if you can keep improving and you're very talented, like you're going to be good, right? So, so only so many people are Nick Bosa's, Trent Williams, Aaron Donald, you just get to the league and you're dominant. And if you just sustain that, even though I bet realistically they improve a little bit, but like their improvements are hard to like see by the naked eye. They're so fucking good right away. Most guys like Justin Jefferson is another example, right? He just got here. It's like, holy shit. Every time you look up, he's got 10 for 180. Mm -hmm. Most guys like slow progression, Devontae Adams drops, drops, and he starts breaking through. Then he gets really good and he keeps getting better. If you do that, you're usually pretty good in the NFL, right? And if so Fields, Trey, Lance, like they just – the difference is, you know, someone texted me today. He's like, well, you know, it's hard to compare Fields and Lance, right? Fields has uh, a year plus at Ohio State. Was it two? Was he just a one-year starter there? I think it might have been two. Fields? Yeah. I thought it was two. I thought it was two, too. So he's a multi-year starter for, the, you know, a top five important program in the country. And now he's basically started a year and a half. I don't, I don't think he actually started, remember, last year because Andy Dalton. But uh, he, he came in. Yeah, two years at Ohio State. So two years at Ohio State and now however many starts in the NFL. Like, how,
2: how you know, Trey doesn't have that. He's just really. ahead. Yeah. He started yeah. ahead and he remains ahead. Now, where he's behind, he's had two coaches in two years, right? Yeah. You know, Trey Lance is going to be in year three with Kyle Shanahan next year. In theory, that should help. But, but again, we just need—he just needs some real experience. That it's, uh, yeah, it's hard to gain. It's hard to—it's hard to gain. It's really kind of remarkable that it took this long to try this with Fields. Now, again, it's two different coaching staffs. Whatever. I mean, he is a fit. If you know, he's a well. I think one thing that'll be interesting to watch with Fields is how does this open up his ability to throw the ball? How does this change? I just wonder what he would have looked like with Kyle on the Niners, even with some of his
1: flaws. Cause as we know, Trey's had flaws and obviously Jimmy's got a ton of flaws with his positives, right? Yeah. He can throw deep. He's got a powerful arm. He can hit explosive plays. feels like he's becoming, like you said, a a better, better. You watch him like from the start of the season and now just a better feel like he was less like jittery last night just felt like he
2: was more under control. Yeah. I, I think the thing to watch with him moving forward is, does his completion percentage go up? He's 56% right now. Yeah. Now, they're not throwing at that. You
1: know, it's it was margin for error. Like, last night, 21 attempts, and he hit
2: 13. Yeah, well, I, but now that he's run, now that the defense has to play the run, does it create easier throws for him in the pass game? There were some guys pretty wide open yesterday. True. Like, wide open. Now, some of it was he extended plays, and it was scrambled drill time. <laughs> you know and scramble drill with him you've got the whole field scramble drill with a weaker arm quarterback you don't you got to come back
1: but right? this is where back to week 1 when we were going back and forth and that whole situation like i i can live with a lower completion percentage if you're giving me the explosive touchdown plays and one thing or just explosive plays in general just like you can all i can always live with 12 picks like i can live with matt stafford throwing a bunch of picks
2: but 12's if he not throws bad. 50 touchdowns not that bad <laughs> what Well,
1: 12 picks. Okay. I can live with 17 picks if you throw 50 touchdowns. Right. You know, I I can live with 61% or whatever it ends up at the end of the year. I mean, assuming it goes up. Difference between 61, 62, and 56. Yeah, 56 is terrible. But I could live with 60 if you're going to give me explosive plays, like a lot of the time, either with your legs
2: or down the field. Yeah. I don't want to make it just a Super Bowl, but I mean, there is a, a level of. What gets you through the regular season doesn't always get you through the postseason. Right. True. I mean, that's before been, you run, though. So
1: 100%. Like Lamar. You don't not run. I think Lamar's field won field like one like, playoff
2: game. Yeah. Well, you don't not run fields because you're like, well, that's not going to work in the playoffs. So it's like, no, why don't you just let's get to the playoffs and then we can worry about that later. Yeah.
1: And I, th- I think sometimes I was thinking about this because someone tagged us. Again, it was like a barstool write-up about, like, Justin Fields sucking. And I watched the Seattle Charger game. It ain't Justin Fields' fault. He looks pretty good. Their their defense is atrocious. I think a lot of times everyone's like, that's what we want, right? Obviously, Mahomes or Allen, but then even, like, Justin Fields. Like, well, yeah, that's not available. So when you are drafting these guys, you just – then either just don't take quarterback, like the Broncos a couple years ago. And we're just like, we we don't think this guy's good enough. or We're going to take for – Five straight years. We're going to take Sertan. And if you do that, at least like, well, we've got the best corner. So it's like I can live with it, I guess. You just better hope that quarterback never becomes your player so good. He's probably got to become like a top eight quarterback if your guy becomes like a Hall of Famer. But like if he does, it just is the wrong pick, right? Yeah. Even if your guy's a Hall of Famer,
2: which I mean, passing like on right. a quarterback is also a decision, not moving up for a quarterback when you need one is a decision, You know, these are all decisions like the decisions you don't make are also decisions. And so not really evaluating Josh Allen. That's a decision, you know. Well, I I
1: love watching John and Kyle talk separately from each other and get asked about the Christian McCaffrey draft. And John going, Yeah, we had a lot of tires in the fire. We
2: discussed a lot of different things. And they asked Kyle, I was like, Yeah, it wasn't even an option. <laughs> you, did, you, did you watch that or just read the quote? I watched it. Yeah, I did too. I thought John Lynch was just giving a word salad answer on that one. Yeah, oh, John was trying to be positive. Kyle just cut through the For bullshit. people who missed it, the question was Did you guys have, did you almost draft Christian the year you drafted Solomon Thomas? I, the only thing John said that was. Just, I mean, honestly, might have been true. Like, yeah, we had options
1: of trading back who we would have taken type deal. But Kyle just strictly said, yeah, that wasn't an option. We were going, we were going lines. Yeah. Right. Which, if they would have taken him at the time at number three overall, it would have been pretty nuts. Uh,
2: Frank Clark has been suspended two games by the NFL for a violation of the NFL's personal conduct policy, stemming from him pleading no contest to a pair of misdemeanor charges in June 2021 for possession of a concealed firearm. Boy, Niners could have used that last week.
1: Was that the Lamborghini pullover? Probably must have
2: been. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the Niners. I remember Frank Clark being in the action a couple times last week. Did Willie Gay get suspended or is that old? No, Willie Gay got suspended. He just came He's back bad. for the Niner game. Yeah. yeah okay.
2: Could have used maybe both of them not in that so game. So
1: the Niners missed potentially either missing Willie Gay or Frank Clark. I guess or they both. Yeah, or both, but they but now Willie's back and Frank's gone. Yeah. Do you think that would have slowed down, Patrick, and the crew? Uh, I
2: do think it would have helped the 49ers quite a bit. Yeah, it might have. Yeah. John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. Sign up and get a $75 credit to sponsor your first job post for better visibility, more applications, and quicker hiring times when you go to Indeed.com slash ham. Yes, guy. Because here's what you want to do when you're looking to hire. You want to find the best
1: talent and not waste any time on the people that lack the skills that you were looking for. That's where Indeed comes in, because Indeed makes it easy to contact your applicants that have your specific skills. And then you interview them, I don't know, virtually, which makes it very convenient. The timing you figure out, Indeed, all through the portal, very easy, find you high level people and boom,
2: you're dominating your business. That's right. Indeed.com slash ham on average applicants who scored proficient or higher on the reliability assessment were twice as likely to be on time for work, according to Indeed data. And uh, that's important because, well, time is money and you don't have time to waste. After no. using Indeed's virtual interviews, most employers said it saved them days of hiring time. Indeed knows you're uh, when you're going to grow your business, you've got to make every dollar count. Yep. So you sponsor a job. And when you do that, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in the database that match your job description. Visit indeed.com slash ham to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash ham, indeed.com slash ham.
1: Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for
2: everyone. Need to hire? You need. Indeed. Indeed. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball too. I've got some season long, more or less picks. On multiple stat projections on home runs, uh, not off. Not feeling great about Shohei less than thirty eight and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance and on Prize Picks you can win up to one hundred x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to 100 dollars. butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions last night i was thinking about ordering out and then i reached into the freezer grabbed some ground beef and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night with butcher box you don't have to worry about what's for dinner butcher box is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials you get peace of mind with butcher box because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff. curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code HAM, and you'll get either 3 pounds of chicken thighs, 2 pounds of ground beef, or 1 pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Can I tell you about my friends?
1: Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use GameTime. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event, concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sight line on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough, and here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save
2: $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world. The nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the Cowboys in the playoffs. Planning your tax bill so you don't dread April every year. And saving on travel. Vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future You Will Thank You. A wheelie on the stream says... Uh no, that's the wrong one. uh Kay curtle says, thanks for your work, guys. Yes. Look, I, I really when people call us heroes, I I I don't I'm not very comfortable with that. But yeah. Some some people have said that. Agreed. But we just try to stay uh humble
1: in victory uh, and humble in <laughs> defeat.
2: Yeah. Uh, Wheelie says twenty-eight to three. I was thinking I texted you the other day. Like sometimes it just when the when the Chiefs hit their second, third and long in the game, I, I definitely thought back to the Niners Chiefs Super Bowl. And you just think about the painful. I mean, he's no Marv Levy and the Bills who lost four Super Bowls, but Shanahan's had two fucking just knife twisting losses in the biggest game possible. Not just four Super Bowls, four straight. Four straight. Can you, ima- yeah. can you imagine that? Just Four straight won. Super Bowl losses. I know. I,
1: like, one thing, and I'm on several text threads with either season ticket holders, you know, obviously diehard fans, people that watch all these games, people that just are very, very emotionally invested. And you're watching the game last night. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday, the Patriots and the Bears combined are not going to have the high end Pro Bowl talent that the 49ers have. And somehow the 49ers are three and four. And I think part of this is, and I've defended him, you've defended him, and I still believe in him. But there are times when it's like, I I don't feel quite as confident as I definitely do at other times. And I think usually when you're just in unequivocal belief, like this guy's just, guy's a star. Like I I don't pivot off it. Like I believe to my core that like Justin Thomas is going to win five or six majors, going to be an all-time great player. He misses some cuts or whatever. I might gamble on him and he shoots 75 75 and fucking misses the cut at the US Open. It doesn't change my belief in the player. And coaches, unless you're the cream cream of the crop, like it is easy to kind of go back and forth. I I think college is easier to just kind of like Lincoln Riley's really good. Like if you're going to nitpick, like, well, he's lost who? Alabama in the playoffs, Georgia in an overtime game. Like Lincoln Riley is a star fucking head coach. It wasn't debatable four years ago. It's not debatable now. Like, Jimbo Fisher, that is up for debate, right? It's clearly a disaster. That's only year five.
2: <laughs> but he wasn't really winning, remember, the last couple of years at of Florida State? It started getting rocky. He did have a 9-1 season the COVID year, because I was like, God, he doesn't even win 10 games? But he, he was – that year his team was good, anyway.
1: Okay, so I, I, it's easier to kind of flip-flop on some questionable guys in college, but the high-end guys, like, it, it's set. And I just kind of go back and forth. Like, I've never really pivoted on Harbaugh. Now, I, I do think you can't hold him to the standard of like Urban Meyer and Nick Saban because he's not that guy. But relative to college coaches and just coaches in general, like he's in the high end percentage. Like, Kyle's high end is good. I, I had an assistant coach ask me last week who likes Kyle, who like admires his work and thinks he's good. But he's like, you know, in this profession, Once you get to become a coordinator and definitely a head coach, part of the reason he's like, good or bad, I'll never and I've never really thought about this because we were talking like how much money these coordinators make. And this is an NFL guy. I'm like, would you coach in college? I'm like, what's the average offensive coordinator in the power five? And without hesitation, he said seven figures. So, I mean, the money is so immense. He's like, well, I'll never apologize for money because of the shit that my family has to go through my wife and parents have to read. Now it's easy for me. I'm in it. I I know I don't care when things are going bad to read it, but they do. And like, it hurts my mom and my wife and what I go through during the season that my three-year-old daughter like doesn't even see me for six months. She cries during the season when I hold her because like, I feel like a stranger to her. Cause I can go weeks depending on the schedule of like, we don't even, you know, obviously kids, they sleep (laughs) when they go to bed. Like I, I work crazy hours It's like, yeah, I've never really... I mean, I have thought about it when you're in it, but you're not really thinking about the personal element of it. And I I, I do just wonder with Kyle, and and my defense of Kyle was, well, he definitely, if last year they had lost that Rams game and missed the playoffs, it would have been very, very hard to defend him. But not only did he find a way to win that game, then he went as an underdog and beat the fucking Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers on the road. So I was like, those two games specifically after... It was somewhat, I would say, there there were arguments on both sides going into that final stretch in 2021. He won two road playoff games last year. Like, that was a pretty big moment after he'd already won a couple playoff games two years before. So, it's like, to me, road playoff games earn you a lot of street cred. And that's like for Jim Harbaugh, for example, he had that 50 and 20 or whatever his regular season record was and that. So, it was like, God, this guy's just a tornado of winning. Where It's like, Kyle's a tornado of Losing to the Bears and the like right, they're three and four right now. That I know they've had some injuries. Given their opponents, that that's a it's been a very, very disappointing seven games. I,
2: I think it's fair to say. Well, at minimum, yeah, agreed. At minimum, it's been a roller coaster when you consider it's been seven weeks of Trey is hurt. Really, it's Garoppolo returns, Trey Lance gets hurt, Garoppolo takes back over. You trade for Christian McCaffrey. It's October 25th. Yeah, a lot of shit's going on. That's a lot. And it, it, there there is this weird, like. Do you, do you think, though, that he gets, like, fair criticism? He gets defended? Um. Well, look, there's a lot of criticism. And there's a lot of defense. And there's, I think he's, I, I am pro Kyle Shanahan. And I also think he gets a lot of fair criticism. Is that is that the simple? Do you agree like,
1: he's like in this weird lane that a lot of other coaches aren't in.
2: I don't. Well, just think about the resume, John. Six and ten, four and twelve, Super Bowl, six and ten, <laughs> NFC Championship game, three and four. Like of his what? But, now, but also here's the other thing years. where I think
1: a lot of coaches would even say like, well, look at he's three and four this year. It hasn't looked great, and everyone's like everyone. I mean, I see Sean Payton say this on TV. I'm not saying it right now because I'm not as confident as some of the outsiders, but like legitimate football people like Niners are about to get hot. Watch out. They're going to figure it out. They're just too talented. And I'm like, well, I think that. And I saw it last year, but I wouldn't
2: wouldn't bet the old uh, life savings on it right now. Yeah, I think most good coaches over the balance of six, seven years have more years where they're not walking a tightrope than Kyle Shanahan, who feels like he's walking a tightrope every year. Like even, you know, last year being the NFC title game year, you know, anyone who lived that season knows it was ins- at no point for most of the year where you're thinking this team's going to the NFC Championship game. And yet, there they were. Now, like the I, 19th if, season... If,
1: if I told you right now, two to one odds, at what number would you feel comfortable putting money on this team with who they got moving forward to make the playoffs? Two to one odds, though. Because you'd be like, of good teams, I mean, if I give you two to one odds to make the playoffs, you'd be like, fuck, I'll put like... $20,000 or whatever, but I was like, yeah, I, would you
2: feel great putting like a thousand? Like, I don't think that's a lot. I mean, what would make you feel a little better would be last year they found a way and their schedule post buy and the NFC in general this year is just pretty uninspiring. But a lot has gone wrong for them this year and we're not even half, well, I guess we're just about halfway through the season, right? Like a lot of the projections, if you're going to be pro playoffs have to do with everything coming together in a year in which, you know, what we've seen to this point says it's going to be a juggling act. Use check is now out a a week. Debo's got a hamstring. He's managing day to day. I don't know if you saw what Kyle said about Eric Armstead, but basically no return in sight, no clue when he's coming back and he's their best interior defensive lineman. So say Um, say his season's over almost. I mean, till told otherwise, we have to wait until it's not flaring up as much. Well, if it's flaring up while you're waiting around, what's going to happen when he starts playing football? Yeah. Um, uh, Greenlaw's got a calf, and Greenlaw's out there getting up. He's got a wrap on his calf during the game. So, it's you know, yeah, guys, some guys came back, but they're not exactly.
1: Flanagan Fowles, one of those guys good in preseason games, and you watch him, like, misses open field tackles. You're like, yeah, just a little bit of a drop-off from him in Al Shire. Right? Why is it
2: such a roller coaster all the time? You know, I mean 2019 was a roller coaster in the sense that they played in a bunch of big games, but they were just kicking ass, and that's what a good team looks like, right? Once you're eight and one, you're in the playoffs, and then it's just like, where's our seating gonna be? Like somebody I was texting with a buddy a couple days ago, and he's like, you know, I could see Kyle going somewhere else and kind of you know, having a quarterback and having Andy Reid's kind of, you know, kind of having Andy Reid's career. And I said, Well, the problem with that is Andy won his division in Philly like seven, six or seven times. Like Andy went to one, two, three, four, five, six, five or six NFC championship games. One, two, three, four, five NFC championship games. And one of them he went to the Super Bowl, right? Like Andy had 11, 11, 12, 12, 13. Then he had a 10, then he had a 9, an 11, a 10. Like Andy had a six win season. Yeah. Andy had an eight win season. His last year there was four. But shit, he was 130 and 93 with a bunch of playoff wins. <laughs> yeah. Right. And once he got his crew in, he was
1: winning, 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 winning. Right. Like that, when you start rattling off those 11 and 12s,
2: that's when he had been there two or three years and got his crew no, guys. year two, he got 11 wins and just rattled off. From year two, year three, year four, year five, year six, he won 22, 20, uh, 34, 46. 59 games in five years.
1: What would you put the over-under Niner wins? And
2: two, four, six, nine, uh, seven playoff games in five years. That was the other thing. Andy was winning playoff games every year. He won a playoff game every year. I'd put the over-under Niner wins this year at eight and a half. Do you
1: feel confident that they're getting to the 9-10 range? Uh, All right. Well, let's look. They're three and four right
2: now. They're favored this week. Even though they started plus four and a half, I don't know if you saw that. Um, then they got all right. The favorite Chargers, Arizona. Who do you like, think- who, well, who do you like to by week? that should no injury. They anyone get injured that yep, week? <laughs> um, you know, I, I are they going to beat? They play Seattle one more time and Arizona two two times. Are they going to win all three of those games? Right now, you have to say no. I would say <laughs> if they go two and one, they're in pretty good shape. Okay. Well,
1: guy, so, if they go two and one and they were to beat the Rams, that would be a pretty they would be five and one in the division you would sign up for that regardless w- who you beat right five and one would you say every NFL team in the league beside the chiefs would sign up for five and one every year in
2: their division yeah yeah <laughs> so chiefs can't stomach a loss to yeah
1: they just don't even like I mean, <laughs> they don't they're no equals <laughs> you know, just,
2: um New Orleans miami you know Tampa whatever that game will be hard guaranteed
1: where's the so th- that was that that three st- game stretch is all at home, correct? You just yeah. read?
2: Yep. Then Seattle on Thursday night. Not easy. Up there, the 12s. Uh, uh, football team at the Raiders, dogfight. We'll be there for that.
1: I told you, man, if they wouldn't have put it on that date, it's very disappointing.
2: Can you imagine uh, how honestly, if that Raider game was this week, how sweet that would be? Uh, it's going to be a big day for the mentions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's on January 1st, right? Is that the yeah. date? Yeah, it's on January first. I just think that's just. I, I, I agree. I agree. you could to me that that has Commanders written all over it. I, if I could switch Commanders and Raiders, I, I would pay the NFL. I'd John, out of my own pocket. Like, the guy problem games. though,
2: the Commanders' games on
1: December twenty fourth, the day before Christmas. Okay, that well, that's a bad thing too. You know what I mean though. Just like the Saints. Let's use yeah, the yeah, Saints. Yeah. No,
2: I, I got you. I got you.
1: To me, the Raiders are just like give me a random October date or November date. I don't. I hate that. Now, problem is right this year, twenty fourth and the twenty fifth, are Saturday and Sunday, and the NFL is going to own that weekend. Yeah, <laughs> they so, said Adam, they said Adam Silver, we're coming, and we're stealing all the eyeballs.
2: <laughs> so Niners have ten games left,
1: right? You said over eight, so five and five, you're eight and nine, right? Yeah, I mean that's can can they go seven and three?
2: I mean, at this point, you'd be hard pressed to feel good about that. Can they go six and four? Six and four is nine wins. Does that get you in the playoffs in the NFC this year? Be tight. Does that win you the division? Maybe. It could. It could. Depending on if you go five and one in the division and you're nine and four overall, then you're you're actually in good shape. I'll be honest. When I say seven and three, that sounds really good, and that's what they have to do to get to ten. Yeah, which is ten and seven, not not ten and six.
1: Which is not I mean, they went ten and
2: seven last year and felt kind of meh. I, I think they can go over I think they get the nine wins. Yeah, I do. Ten. I, at this point it'd be it's a little hopeful to say that. Go seven and three, given the games well listen, they the only thing that truly you get judged on is the playoff
1: victories. But like football, like the regular season, we do kind of judge your records as time goes on. You tell back to back ten and seven, while not bad. It's not exactly untouchable territory. Right? No, but you you don't get fired for even in the new 17 games. No, game I'm story. not saying he's on the hot seat or whatever, but like good coaches, like you just start rattling off like 11, 12, 11. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like you have a stretch like that and you're winning playoff games. People are like, this guy's an ass kicker. You, you're still getting argued at 10 and seven. Yeah. You just have a 13-win season? Like, is that possible? Your team's really that good. I, but another
2: one. Tyke says 10 uh, wins. Keep drinking that vodka. I don't think vodka so. Wise, I mean, I
1: use check the fucking helmet, shattered his finger.
2: Hey, uh, Ham wishes, uh, Kyle use check a
1: speedy recovery. Not even worried, it's too tough. It just clearly mandated by the doctor, for he would have, you know, taped that bad boy up and just played through it. Did you see the clip of him telling Christian
2: McCaffrey where to go? Uh, no, Affrey's shotgun next to Jimmy shifts out goes running, Kyle is in the slot. Well, McCaffrey just runs by him. It's like, no, 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 no. Jimmy does too. They both yell at him like, Christian, over here. Christian's like, oh. I saw Shanahan said, uh, he'll know the whole playbook by this week. (laughs) But not having Kyle on the field is a significant, like, Juice knows where everyone's supposed to be at all times. Like, if you had to put him in an emergency quarterback, I'm not saying he could play quarterback, but he would know where everyone was supposed to be.
1: Well, one thing you noticed when he had to come out, like, I, I just, he's not. they Re- playing
2: this in the surgery room right now.
1: Well, he's not Lorenzo Neal, but he is an incredible positional blocker. They, yeah. There aren't, you know, just the hammers. I mean, he's not like putting guys on their back, but he blocks people consistently. And you got to go to Dwelly, you know, it's like, it's not quite the same. The other thing is if there's a team that they have consistently had leads against and just kind of ran out the game. It's a little harder to do that without old 44 in there.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: So. William Floyd. I was going to say, who is Harbaugh's? I was
2: like, oh, yeah, the guy that got uh, beat up the old guy. Oh, Bruce Miller. Yeah, that's right. Somebody actually somebody said that somebody was like, it was Bruce at the uh, 10 year 2012 team anniversary, but guess not. I can't get over some of the pictures I saw like. There wasn't even
1: a starting lineup out there. It wasn't that. It's was just very bizarre, I thought, just the whole thing.
2: A little weird. Yeah, I don't know. Was there like a sponsored event they had to fill an event with? Was it all just a ploy to try and get like Montana back? Do you know what was very – now, Harbaugh's a weird guy,
1: and I don't think Joe, in a weird way, I think he's comfortable with like people he knows, but I don't know if he's Mr. – like Steve Young feels like he can carry a conversation with anyone. Right? There are certain people that are like, yeah, this guy can just talk. Like, You just put Peyton Manning next to some random guy like Peyton Manning to be able to talk to him. With Stephen Jim Lombardi's video, it happens to me sometimes. If you're going somewhere, you know, like you ever just go to an event. You don't really know anybody. Like if you're going with your wife or something. But you know, like you're just going to have to talk to somebody. But you just get put in these situations and, and you just like, I got nothing, nothing. <laughs> but you just kind of can fake it or whatever. Well, Joe and Jim just kind of staring at each other, and Joe immediately going to his wife out of the bullpen because he's like, I can't, I I don't know. Which was a
2: good move. Great move, because then Jennifer came and dominated, right? I also think when you've got a camera right there. You think that added to the awkwardness? It has to, right? Because there are things you would talk about potentially that you would not talk about in front of the camera. Now, maybe those two guys wouldn't have. Remember the 91 Pro Bowl when we were tag teaming uh, Julie in the back of the Ritz? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that would come up in mixed company, but it's a good question. That could come up.
1: Joe, was it true? You know, we're playing Notre Dame in a couple weeks. You impregnated your coach's
2: secretary back in 76. (laughs) Had they already uh, covered, like, how are the kids doing? Like we're the boys, you know. That yeah, I think kids. it's a natural reaction of people
1: that are like one guy that's fifty five another guy that's like sixty five. Is like, how are they how are the family? That's an yeah.
2: easy ice. Break. But if you right. don't start actually like going through people, that conversation can end in seven seconds.
1: Well, because Joe's is like good. <laughs> Jennifer came and started giving the, you know the stats on everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nathan's doing this. He's at Joe Lacob's VC firm. This guy's coaching ball here, and she, and then it just it's a fake conversation because is Jim really listening? You know, he's like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Jim's just thinking about—I don't even know who they play next week, but just the whole thing. And, you know, Jed I tweeting about Jim. I, I just thought,
2: it's I, just don't weird. It. I don't get. It. I don't. <laughs> I agree. But you and I flagged that thing before we saw who was showing up. It's like, why they didn't win anything?
1: Do you think it's an overcompensation for Jim for Jed to go on a multiple tweet thing about Jim Harbaugh? It took Jerry Jones yeah. and
2: Jimmy Johnson. They won two Super Bowls 30 years to admit everything. It's also a weird spot because he's there. But I don't you know, if Jed hadn't tweeted about it, I wouldn't wouldn't have caught anybody. I don't know would that have caught anybody's attention. They were at some dinner or something. Uh, Michigan State this week. Michigan State's terrible.
1: I I had to dive in because I was uh, I just wanted to see, like, is this Herbert's problem? And again, my takeaway was not. Kenneth Walker, who ran like a 4.38 at the combine. So not only is he a good player, he is really fast. He ran for 170 yards in that game. Destroyed Brandon Staley. Oh, and he had
2: some sweet fucking runs. Oh, my. He's like
1: kind of looks like Saquon Barkley. Well,
2: I was telling and, somebody, like, you know, you watch a guy in the pros and suddenly they look different. Like, Kenny Pickett looks really small. Kenneth Walker looks big on an NFL field, doesn't he?
1: Lo- looks sweet. So I go... Obviously, I knew you know Michigan State had an excellent year last year. Remember, they beat Harbaugh, and it was like, well, what's Mel, what was Mel Tucker's been? A, I just I just went to his Wicked page and saw his records. I had forgotten he was five and seven at Colorado. Yeah, he was five I and seven have, in Colorado. He was not good his first year at Michigan State, and this year he's been a disaster. Right, he is ten and sixteen without Kenneth Walker. And I mean, he's a heavy underdog. He's about to be three and five. So it's like, is he going to go four and eight this year? Like, is Mel Tucker a good example of someone that just right player, right time, momentum's in the space, got $95 million. Remember, it happened to Sumlin with basically Johnny Menzel and Mike Evans.
2: That just Also, made the right jobs have to come open, right? And that yeah, LSU. LSU opened. Uh, there was the possibility that Auburn was going to open, right? So that helped also. It's
1: weird because like, I hold Mel Tucker, you know, I talk a lot of shit about Sark. But people do like Sark and think he's a really good coordinator. Like, people that worked with Mel Tucker or been around Mel Tucker, they all think highly of him. But, like, you look at his resume, it's not like he kind of gets talked about, like, Mel fucking Tucker, badass. And you, he's like, well, he's not Urban Meyer here. He doesn't win that many games, I guess is my point. Besides the one year when it turns out, I mean, is Kenneth Walker going to be, in like two years, the number one pick in some of these
2: fantasy drafts? Is he going to be that good? I mean, if Jonathan Taylor was the number one pick in some drafts this year.
1: My thing with uh, Kenneth Walker is, I guess, maybe Wake Forest just changed her offense became much more pass-happy. Because his his stats at Wake Forest, before he transferred to Michigan State, were like 600 yards a year. Mm. You know, he was not like – he wasn't like some 1,500, 1,500, goes to Big Ten, 1,500
2: yards. Yeah. He was just kind of an underutilized asset then and became a star. Maybe the, uh, rookie, the, the rookie offensive class this year in the NFL is pretty weird. I was looking at it when we were texting on Monday night about Bailey Zappi's rookie of the year odds. And it's like Kenneth Walker, Damien. I'm just looking at the odds right now. Damian Pierce, fourth round running back. Who's good? Second. Olave, Drake London. Okay. Brian Robinson. Comeback story. George Pickens. Tra- just Robinson. got traded to the Jets. Brian Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Pickens, Dale Robinson, Bailey Zappi, Garrett Wilson, Kenny Pickett. Like these are bad. It's a bad class. It's a offensive skill classes. Bizarre. Where's Danny Gray? Uh, I, Offshore. <laughs> Aftermarket trading only. Uh, a- like, I'll tell you right now, he's got about three more targets the rest of the year. Don't don't touch that one. A.K. Forty ers says Tevin Coleman just got cut. Which injured player is coming back? <laughs> By the time you're listening to this, if you're watch- listening after the fact, you may know the answer to that question. Hopefully somebody <laughs> got a lot of options.
1: <laughs> well, Kinlaw's not eligible. The way you said Armstead, he's not coming back anytime soon. James Robinson.
2: Did you say Brian Robinson got traded?
1: No. Who whoever the, the not Brian Jackson Robinson. Was. Who's Brian Robinson?
2: That's the guy for the football team, but that's not who you were talking about. No, you Brian Robinson's the guy that got shot. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Came back out to many men. Pretty awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah, I the, said I said w- wandale Robinson. Many men. <laughs> James Robinson. God, God. Everyone uh, was traded, freaking out. Traded, maybe, right. maybe it was Florida. Did you say Brian Robinson got traded to the Jets? Uh,
1: Whoever the Jags guy is. I James think it's Robinson. J- James Robinson. Yeah. Brian Robinson, there is a guy that got shot in D.C., right? That yeah, plays yeah, for yeah, the yeah. Commanders. Unrelated.
2: None of the guys on that rookie list, though, were the guy that got traded.
1: Well, I think that uh, there were, it must have been a big anniversary week because the Bears-Patriots, it was like whatever, I don't know how many years since they played in the Super Bowl. In 86? I mean, is that 25 years? Doesn't add up. But there was an anniversary going on with one of the Super Bowl teams, maybe 89, so maybe 30 years. That number doesn't really add up for Washington, like one of the Joe Gibbs Super Bowl teams. Okay. Well, Dan Snyder, I don't know if he's suspended right now. You know, his wife's the acting president. They're all up there, and she's like, let's give a big round of applause to the 19-whatever 91 or 90 Super Bowl champion Redskins. And and then Florio, of course, makes a big deal of it. Like, he does everything. And people are like, well, they were. These guys did not play for the Commanders. Kind of a weird spot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just bringing this up. Like, I, I was like, well, sh- I, to me, they, they that's a team they played for. You know, because Florio's whole thing was they've changed the Redskins in the dictionary. it's a It's a slur. Like you could not yeah, be using if, this term.
2: If I, I guess I hadn't thought it. What I would say is like, let's welcome back our 1986 Super Bowl team. Maybe. Cause I guess on one hand, that was the team they played for. On the other hand, have we like accepted that that word is, is not appropriate? Yeah. I and don't think so, most people
1: really think about it. I think it's a bigger thing on the internet than like, well, I
2: mean, they changed the name of the team. So yeah, but I, but I felt like he was forced I'm to like, just taking, I'm taking floor. Oh yeah. 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 I'm just saying, like, they changed the name of the team because I thought it was reasonable to go like, yeah, yeah, that's uncomfortable. I always I felt that way for years long before I, you know, Twitter, whatever. I've just always kind of thought like it's kind of odd. You know, I could see I've always understood how someone could be offended by that. Let me put it that way. That's the simplest way to put it. So when you change a name for that reason, it is kind of weird to just say it like Oregon, Oregon State used to play in the Civil War game they don't call it that anymore but people still like you know they play in that game that used to be called the civil war which defeats the point of not calling it that anymore well, but, right? but
1: we have to admit that's pretty stupid they, they,
2: you yeah know. yeah but but whatever i mean I, my ultimate point is like when you change the name of the team because it's reasonable to think that some people would be offended by it which has always been my position why like, did they change that why did they change what
1: the civil war because i, of I don't fucking
2: know i didn't follow that story i mean that to me <laughs> but, seems crazy yeah whatever i i my reaction to most of this stuff is whatever i don't care you know like if they want to call it something else call it something else i'm not getting emotionally invested in it but the football team one i for years i could to me it's as simple as i don't care about most things that most people are offended by on the internet that one my position was always i can understand if somebody is like reasonably offended without like being stupidly outraged you know what i mean just like yeah i'm offended by that yeah, okay
1: well, and to me, like the internet's classic offended is always like, guy really mad when he goes, like, yeah, bring me a turkey sandwich. Yeah, I'll take a turkey sandwich. But he's sweet, you know, he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take two. You know, he's just like living his normal life. I'm in an argument really, right now on the internet. Like to me, that is Florio to a T. Like, whenever you see these pictures, he's just fucking enormous house. He's made all this money off the NFL. The NFL has produced millions of dollars for the guy. Yeah, he, you see him on, he's just perpetually just angry. But he, you know he's not, but it's like it's just kind of his thing. And, and I've, I've always had this thought about, like, The View, for example. I would never watch it. Now, a lot of, I think, older women watch it. My mom watches sometimes. And Whoopi and the whole crew, If whenever I see clips, they're always really, really angry. And they're always screaming about things. They're all making, I mean, th- those jobs pay big cash, right? These people are living, their life is so fucking good. And they are living so great. Yet their whole business is being angry. And a lot of politic talk is like that, too. It's like, these people are not actually angry. This is just their job. They're they making fucking $8 million each a year to be on this show to scream about. And then they go home to their fucking massive house on the top of a hill with enormous walls in front in a, in a $200,000 car. They, they fucking they love their goddamn life. And it's just, it, it to me, I don't know. I'm sorry I'm going on this rant, but I think about it a lot. It's just like one of the great American scams. To act
2: like you're really angry Build your brand on being really angry, yet you're actually really happy. Like, but that would be my question: Is are they really happy? Well, they they love their life, like what it provides. Sure, sure, no question. Which is why you keep doing it. But that's different than like being. Well, happy. like you believe that Skip believes his takes, right?
1: That LeBron or whatever, <laughs> or he's convinced himself.
2: Uh, I believe that he. I don't know how much of it he believes, but I think he believes more than people think. Yes, that he has talked himself into a lot. I just I have on this. Maybe it's Jason Perrette. Somebody said a long time ago. I'm taking that off the screen now for Tevin Coleman. But anyway, back to your point. I think he believes. Yes, I think he believes a lot of his takes. Yeah. Do you? Uh. You know, I don't even I, yeah, at well, this point. Yeah, it's hard. Right. To- the right answer is I don't know. It's but i think he know. believes i think he believes more than people think he believes
1: but i think you realize you know when you're in those roles whether it's politics or like what skip does specifically like god this starts paying a lot of money and like one thing you realize why like Floria like Florida would be like, yeah, I don't care. Everyone's screaming at me on Twitter. What does that actually mean? Like fucking, do you see my direct deposits Like my, I, my life is incredible. Like whoopee, like, or whoever, you know, on the view, like they, it, they don't care about the outside noise because they're like, I'm fucking making so much goddamn money. But this, when I act like this, this is what creates the success. So you just keep leaning into it, even though you'd be like, you don't even believe how the things that are coming out of your mouth or even care that much. I think Stephen A. often got crushed, you know. You know they put him with Mad Dog Russo. If you listen to Russo, you, you know he just screams a lot. Now he's New York guy. I was in the car today picking up lunch. Monday Night Football. You know, there's a lot going on. He opens a show about a book he read about Vince Scully. He's like, I know a lot going on, but we're gonna open with uh, the what or the, some long New York Times article just about Vince Scully. And I was like, yeah. oh my god. Your point is, at least he does what he cares about. Yeah, at least he, you know, if you listen to his radio show, he will have people that come on, talk about the Civil War, you know, in like the middle of summer. Right. He just he does passion projects like Skip and Steven do not do passion projects. They'll just you you just randomly turn on first take or even Skip and Shannon. I mean, a lot of times it's Lakers or Cowboys on the screen. I mean, it just—that's just a fact. I mean, Skip's wearing a cowboy hat, right? Yeah. Now at least he covered the Cowboys. Like he pivoted and pretends he's a cowboy fan. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't—they're running a business. That's what they're doing. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, i am again, I'm do what you got to do to make money. My point is, they've just made a—they've made millions of dollars on something they don't give a fuck about. Skip might a little bit because, like, Skip watches. It's probably different in politics. Like half these people probably don't even follow along when they go home. I do believe, like, Skip, sitting there watching the Cowboy game,
2: right? You know, like, he, I hope. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, he's got some pretty creative takes. Like, I, I think he's probably engaged based yeah. on the uh, IG stories he posts afterwards, breathing heavily. You follow him? Is he good in IG follow? I don't follow him, I don't think, but I do see a lot of his tweets. Like, someone will post, you know, he'll just be like, <sighs> doing stuff like that. Yeah. And I'll see it on my timeline. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Matt uh, uh, Schneidman, who covers the uh, Packers. Aaron Rodgers says on McAfee Show that the Packers are routinely making double-digit mental errors. Uh, Guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. Quote, got to cut some reps. Asked by McAfee Show about his own performance, Rodgers says that Tom Clements, the QB coach, gave him his highest single-grade game yet this year uh, in the loss to the Commanders. (laughs) I, that's that's a, that's, that's open at Coward Show tomorrow, I'll tell you that much. That that is uh <laughs> that's that's some good Rogers work right there. Tacovas. Oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert. Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to I don't know, ten years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, You you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Takovas. Dot com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented western wear. And it's all kinds of western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots. Performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas—you name it, they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes
0: west. Done.
2: The NFC quarterback situation right now is pretty wild, man. You've got this going on with him. He really said that. I mean, this is the that's their that's their beat writer, Schneidman. No, clearly, yeah. You got Brady's falling apart. You got Kyler's call of duty's out. So who knows what's going to happen with them. that guy? I mean, shit. I was a plus twenty-seven. So I, forgot, I don't know what these idiots are doing. Uh, <laughs> He's got
1: a lot the- of LeBron James qualities, it's, doesn't he? That's it? a hell of a quote. That's very LeBron like
2: uh russ used to be a stalwart in the nfc he's gone matt ryan you know for years was putting up numbers in the nfc he's gone who's the scariest quarterback in the nfc right now jalen hurts daniel jones how many quarterbacks in the nfc keep you up at night if you're a defensive coordinator jalen i mean i'm not saying like you don't get ready for rogers and brady i'm not saying that but like the nfc i mean kyler does i hate yeah kyler does but the, the NFC, right, like right this second, October 25th, is a dead zone of elite quarterback play. Dalton, P.J. Walker. Uh, like you, you said Daniel Jones. Dak. Dak's back. Cool. Dak's fine. He, Heineke. Goff. Fields. Yeah, it's not. It's Jimmy. I mean, AFC is, you know, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Okay. Well, NFL I saw I saw Richard I
1: saw Richard Sherman, Her cousins, Sherman's podcast. He was pretty adamant that, like, based on Rodgers and Brady falling off a cliff, like Geno Smith, it, as of right now, is a Pro Bowler. And I was like, yeah, probably couldn't disagree. I mean, statistically, he's high up, and they're winning, and he's been good. Because you think about it, like Jalen Hurts would be a lock Pro Bowler right now, and everyone else would be up for debate. It was like Hurts would be the NFC star. I mean, Hurts
2: would be the NFC starter, right? Yeah. Uh, who, who just one of the touchdown leaders here. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Jackson, Herbert, Goff. Well, 11. He ain't getting in. How many picks does he have? Six, 11 and six. Rodgers does have 11 Gino's, and three. Gino is 11 and three,
1: 74% completion. Is he leading the league in completion percentage? Has to because Rodgers is 11 and
2: three, 66. Stafford's, yeah, Gino leads the league. Stafford's two. How, how many picks does Stafford have? Stafford, you want to guess his touchdowns and picks? Uh, oh, we didn't mention Stafford in this NFC conversation.
1: What well, do you know what Matt Ryan is? What? Nine and nine. Okay. Stafford better or worse than that?
2: Uh, worse and barely better. Uh, eight and seven. Six touchdowns, eight picks.
1: Jesus. You can't lose this guy for the night. Stafford's been terrible. Aaron Rodgers hasn't really been terrible. I mean, he's eleven and three. Like I watch him, I watch some of that Commanders game. Like to me, he still made some errand Like he, like would the Niners take him next year in a heartbeat? You know, I mean, so it's like, I would say Jalen hurts Is that an option. I would say Jalen be the starter. Rodgers would get in. He would immediately bow out and said he can't make it. He would not attend. <laughs> Do you, do you feel like Rodgers this year would go, to, like, let's say they're an eight-win team. He would be see in Hawaii. The Pro
2: Bowl.
1: Yeah, but he would well, not attend the Pro Bowl. Remember, it got scrapped. Was well, uh, it in Hawaii? It's in no. Vegas. Yeah, I think it's in Vegas. It's wherever the Super Bowl is, and it's just a skill deal. The
2: well, Super Bowl's in Phoenix. Yeah, so... Last year, did they do it last year the same? Th- they changed the Pro Bowl. It's yeah. just like uh, Peyton Manning's coaching, like, a flag football team or something.
1: Ever see like if you flip on NFL Network in like a random day in May and it'll be like, or maybe it's like ESPN2 and it'll be like Steve Young, Elway, uh, Favre, you know, all those in like Harbaugh, Kerry Collins. And this will be like throwing things, you know, just skill competition. I think that's what it is now. So there's a new pro bowler, seven on seven flag football, which I would not let any of my good players play in skills competition. Game day events. Yeah, There, there's no game. Each Pro Bowl team will consist of 40 more players. Members of the winning team, uh, points-wise, will get 84,000. Losing team will get 42. And it's in Vegas. You
2: Days can't after. buy a luxury SUV for 42,000.
1: No, you can't. I, mean, I, I don't know if you can buy many cars for... I mean, for, 42 doesn't... Get as much as you used to those Honda Accords used to go for like 18 and then you fucking go strong for 30 years.
2: Uh, you know, we had some other, some other takes, but I think those can probably wait till, um, you know, some Rams preview stuff on Thursday. What do you think? Unless you yeah. wanted to get to some else, I had some, nah, I we can talk about the Niner defense and, and some of this Rams matchup, but that can be at a, uh, a later date. Although I did want to call your attention to the fact that, uh, that Jim Ursay forced um, the Colts to get Sam Ellinger in as reported by me. And uh, they said, he's got to, he's going to be the starter of the rest of the year. And I, at first yesterday, I didn't really think about it. And then today I was thinking more about it. Like there's 10 games left for them. They're just guaranteeing Sam Ellinger is going to start the rest of the year. That job's coming open because think about the position that Frank Reich is in. Now, if Ellinger is good, he's, Jim Mercer's gonna be like bro you made me pay Matt Ryan if he's bad then you don't you're getting fired but if he's good you're not really getting credit for it because you made him you you went and got Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan's on the books next year so I Frank Reich's kind of damned if you do damned if you don't right now with Sam Ellinger
1: to me this this was Chris Ballard getting fired too that's the question could be you know are are they Chris, play this week? Or, are Chris Ballard and George General Payton, the two GMs that are turning down jobs for like half a decade, both going to get canned this year? It, it kind of depends. Feels right? like-
2: Who was the driving force? Was it Reich that was the driving force behind Wentz and Matt Ryan? If so, then maybe Ballard can survive it? You know what I mean? Like Ursay knows. Like, if Ballard was the guy pushing them to trade a first for Carson Wentz, then, then that's bad. If it was all Frank and they're like, all right, let's cut Frank out of this and we're not letting a coach make any of these decisions anymore, Chris, then maybe. But do you know who they play this week? No clue. Football team. I mean, I wish it was Wentz. Like, that would be perfect if they were playing Wentz this week. But kind of like Heineke, don't you? I think he's definitely starting this week,
1: right? Yeah, Wentz is. I mean, do you think we ever see Wentz again for the Commanders?
2: I, uh... I... I was watching some of that game. Carson was on the sideline with a thing on it. So he's not coming back this week. Yeah, no, it's a shame. Wentz playing them as they just benched Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger would have been fucking perfect. But I imagine Wentz will be there on the sideline. So, I mean, Wentz is going to want that win bad. I think think
1: they, they placed Wentz on IR because one of the things I saw on the ticker was Wentz's revenge game against the Eagles is off the table in Philly, I think. Even though, I don't know if you get a revenge game, three teams removed. Or two teams removed, right? Uh, it's a little more meaningful when you just get traded. just or depends like, how long you hold you know, hold the beef. Yeah. He's like, well, they paid me $120 million. Do you really
2: hold a beef? Yeah, what's the revenge? Yeah. <laughs> but weird. Just a weird deal. Bizarre. So I, I hope Carson's there. That'll make for, I don't know, something. Maybe him and Urshay will cross paths. That was one of the
1: most hyped, yet looking back, overhyped quarterback duo that actually both had like pretty unreal individual moments and big moments that is just like now looked upon as just complete scrubs, both guys. The, wait, wait, which guys are you talking about? The quarterback? and Wentz. Oh, yeah. Like if Goff and Wentz both are just free agents this year, just cut March 15th or whenever, or, neither one would be a starter in 2023. I would, I would imagine Goff would be much more likely to be a backup, right? I think teams would take Goff as a heartbeat to be a backup. It feels like there's a lot of stank on Carson. I mean, three games in, Ron Rivera just, like, hated him. It's crazy. To pretend like he did. feels like Goff, people like him. He's just, God, he's just not good enough. He just can't move. He's like a... He, like, became Matt Ryan at 38 at 29. (laughs) You know, it's he got old fast. His game got old fast. Really old. I mean, he, when you watch him, he feels old. You're like, yeah, there's a 40-year-old quarterback, been at it for decades. Like, well, he's 28.
2: He just turned 28. Jared Jared Goff was 27 this year? Jesus. When you watch Carson athletically, like his arm is still strong. He's still yeah. a very good athlete. I think Jared
1: would be a lot better if he just had Carson's arm. His arm looks so weak and he just can't move and it just looks he plots. He's just turned 28 years old. Does Jared Goff have a seven year backup career in him, or does it feel like Jared Goff's just out of just kind of over it? I
2: bet he would like just hanging. You can never say never because Matt Barkley's had a 12 year NFL career. I wouldn't say never on golf. I mean, no, I I, wouldn't either. I might, yeah, I I think golf would definitely be a a long time backup candidate for the 49ers. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, to me, the good teams, because he can just start, you know, the Bills, the, the Chiefs, teams with, like, uh, the Chargers, teams with, like, legit quarterbacks, like, will you be our backup for $1.5 million? A guy that I just know, like, if I get into a pinch, he's a good guy, he's, you know, knows football.
2: He's so rich, he'll just, he wants to go to a high-level place. Like, is he doing the Flacco thing for a while? Like, yes.
1: He'd be crazy not to.
2: Because it's just, your career is so long, if you just like football, and it feels like Jared just likes being around the guys, likes football, you know? Um... Why not just go to a hangout with Andy, you know, just pick a place. I couldn't, but I mean, Mahomes. what's his name? That guy, he came in the game the day. And I, I was walking by the TV. It said like Henny. Oh, for one. It was like a stat line at the bottom. I was like, I'm obviously I was not locked in at that point of the game, but I mean, he's our age feels about 50. Henny. Yeah. Been I, married since
1: he's been married for 12 years. <laughs> Got married 25. They wanted a serious guy.
2: Uh, Jackson says, who are we betting on Thursday Night Football? Do you know who's playing Thursday Night Football? Yeah, it's uh, Bucks, Lamar. Yeah, on paper, not terrible. On
1: paper, probably one of the better games on the Thursday Night Slate, I would guess, when Al looked at it. Pretty Uh, shitty right now.
2: Bucks open as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Ravens are now a um, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. To me, the worst part about this game is that it's in Tampa, not in Baltimore. That game belongs in Baltimore.
1: Pops better on TV. Tampa. You know the crazy part about Henny? Huh. Is when I say a guy like Chad Henny, who's 37, 38 years old,
2: what would you put the over-under teams played for be with a guy like Chad Henny? A guy like Chad Henny or Chad Henny? I mean, I'm just trying to... I'd say Henny's Henny was on the Jags. Henny's on the Chiefs. There's two. Henny was at Michigan. There's three. Uh, Second-round pick out of Michigan by the Dolphins. Oh,
1: I forgot about the Dolphins. So is it three teams they has been on? He's been in the league since 2008 and only been on three teams. Wow. Usually a guy like him, the latter years, you just end up five or six. right? Like You look at Fitzpatrick. Now, I, he's on the high end of crazy jumping around.
2: He has uh, been just pretty consistent. How long like, was he in Miami? Just his rookie contract, four years. So he was in Jacksonville for a long time? Long time, 12 to 17. God, how many different coaches did he have? 12, I mean, it had to be a 14, shitload. 15, 16, 17, seven years. He probably had three
1: coaches, right? Six years? Now, he basically... I mean, he kind of got in on the gravy train of just clearly Patrick and Andy like him, and he's just been the stalwart there since those guys. Since Patrick started,
2: he became the backup, and he has not bust. See, if if it was like backup QB time, I would do my own study. All right, quarterback that doesn't (laughs) get hurt. Coach is cool as fuck.
1: Where are we going? Like, if you're him, you're riding this out as long as humanly possible, right? You want to retire a chief. Like, can I retire a chief at 40? Absolutely like can i get three more years out of this because i i don't want to go pretend to be someone else's backup like i like it here i like playoff bonuses i like never having to play and i love bonuses. rooting on victories because part, being of, it part too, of the winner like, yeah you, you, you don't necessarily care win or lose because you did nothing but it's way more fun to go in the locker room when everyone's celebrating everyone's happy. Time.
2: <laughs> you're playing in big games think yes. about that you just did big ass games Playing a lot of You're home watching. Games. You're standing on the sideline in big ass games for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And then you when know, you start a podcast, your first guess is that quarterback. And, and <laughs> no one's you, you, there's no like insecurity when you're Patrick Mahomes is backup that you're not better than the starter. You know, like you go to some other place and it's like, fuck, I'm kind of obligated to try and beat this guy out because I think I'm better than him. But you know, I don't want to be Tua's backup. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to be Tua's backup. It's weird, right? Like, if you're Chad Henney, you go to Michigan,
1: you have a probably pretty unreal college career. You're first team all Big Ten, second team all Big Ten. You play at Michigan. Long, long list of great quarterbacks. Like, that's just in itself a big deal the rest of your life. Then your NFL career, you're like, shitty Dolphins teams, shitty Jaguar teams. But then you get to end, like, ultimately, it's like, yeah, this guy was uh, Patrick Mahomes' backup for seven years. Like, that's how he's going to be introduced, right? Not former Dolphins quarterback. You know, this guy played in the Jacks for six years. This guy was with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes from 33 to 40 years old. (laughs) Like, that's that's the stories everyone's going to want to hear, right? Like, what's Mahomes like? What was it like playing the Patriots? Like, what'd you guys do? Like, that's the questions you get asked. Michigan, the Chiefs, you just pretend the other stuff doesn't happen. You actually made the majority of your money during that time.
2: Yeah. You say something,
1: just never know. It's a good gig. Great gig. He started. Actually, he hasn't started that many games in his career.
2: Has he had, like, a great game? He's had to have, right? Yeah, I
1: mean, when he was a full-time starter for Miami in 2010, he threw 15 touchdowns and 19 picks.
2: <laughs> That's the peak of his career. But My he question has- is, like, has there been a day when it was, like, four touchdowns, no picks, this is going to go down as one of my great days? Has he had that day? I I doubt it. Oh, see, I think he's had. I think he has. Let's check real quick. Here we go. Has he had a four? He has. Okay. 2012, Jags, Texans. Oh, they lost 43 to 37. He was four touchdowns. 16 to 33 passing that day. Four touchdowns? Four touchdowns, though. How many yards? Uh, I don't know. I sc- uh, 354. Uh, not bad. John, he's got, if you scroll through his game logs, he 2019 didn't play a snap. 2018, three attempts. 2017, two attempts. 2016, no attempts. Just, I think, took a snap and kneeled. 2015, didn't appear in a game. 2014, started three games and didn't play the rest of the year. So he went 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. In those, what, five seasons I just rattled off? Five pass attempts. And the only reason he played in 20
1: is because, remember, Mahomes' knee got hurt and when he quarterback sneaked, and it got dislocated, so he had yep. to start the next week against the Packers. So if, if, if Mahomes' knee hadn't got dislocated, like Chad Henning would have thrown two or three total snap or balls in basically
2: eight years. Charles says he closed out the Browns in the divisional round. He did, that's right, 6 of 8, and that he had that run. Wasn't it like a weird, something went wrong? Did something go wrong on the play that he had some big run? Remember that? Oh, when Mahomes got injured? Yeah.
0: Dante I mean, just, says
2: a 15-yard run. You think that just gained hey, didn't he have him? a big fourth down conversion? Maybe that was the regular season. I don't remember, honestly, much. Uh, I thought he had a huge fourth down conversion one week.
1: I don't remember much Rona moments like of, of games beside like Baker beating the Steelers, the Raiders remember, playing on a Wednesday. I remember Tampa beating the Packers, but I, I don't remember that Chiefs Browns game. Like no vivid memories of that.
2: Oh, that's and, Andy had him throw on fourth and one.
1: I remember that. That was a big deal against okay. the Browns. Remember they were the Browns kind of sneaky came back or something happened in that game.
2: Uh yeah. Did you see the story real quick, the, this coal miner story with John Calipari? No. It's pretty great. So there was this Kentucky had like it's, you know, like Midnight Madness or something the other day. Basketball team. Yeah, have like their meet the team. And there's this guy sitting with his little kid who's like three years old in his full on coal miner uniform covered in just soot. Like he hasn't even had time to watch. His Is family. the reason they call it Midnight Madness because that's the day you can start and they start at 12 o'clock at night? Maybe they used to do a lot of them at midnight on that day. Yeah. yeah. Now they do it at normal times, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> usually they do it at normal times. So this guy's sitting there covered in so, and somebody like the picture goes viral. Oh, this guy didn't like his face is totally black. He's still in his uniform. Somebody's like, who is, this? Or, or Calipari tweeted, who is this guy? I want to find him. Like clearly picked up his daughter right after work and went to the yeah, his gym. well, no, what turned out is that his wife met him there with their little boy. And he like came straight from work because his little boy wanted to go see Kentucky basketball. So, Coach Cal, I guess, is like, comes from a coal mining family and like wanted to find this guy. So, you know, social media, boop, boop, boop. Cal gets the guy like comes up on Monday from underground and he's got a phone call waiting for him. It's Calipari. They talk for 30 minutes. Like, it's not just some, hey, bro, happy for you. Talk for 30 minutes. And uh, the guy's like, bring, you know, obviously the guy's going to get courtside seats or something like that, <laughs> whatever. But Calipari, like, I know how he comes off but I think his great strength clearly is he knows how to connect with people. Like he's fantastic at it. People really like John Calipari and um, it's a good story. That's mm. a pretty great story. Yeah. Yeah.
1: John, I would not have guessed that coach Cal came from a coal mining. Not that he didn't come. I wouldn't have
2: guessed. Well, that like I, I think it was his grandfather. I don't know what his father did, but where's he from? Is he from PA? Where's Calipari from? Northeast, oh, I, I did. I
1: guess I, I didn't realize what it was, but I had seen that guy the guy with the beard and all yeah, dirty. the guy with the beard. Yeah,
2: yeah, Cal My, is from PA, so that's you know.
1: And he and he got the guy's Twitter handle. <laughs> the guy's Twitter pick guy is him dark, like covered. <laughs> covered, I know.
2: <laughs> that's good. So just a cool story, anyway. That is pretty cool. All right. On that note, is it worth a read? The I just read the tweet. I don't
1: oh. <laughs> Feldman. Someone in the Athletic wrote something long. Oh, wrote like a big piece. Yeah. I that I did
2: not see. I just meant the 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 situation is very cool. Yeah, <laughs> we don't read on the show. <laughs> read. <laughs> uh, okay. On that note, everybody, thanks for hanging.
0: See you ya. later, y'all.